The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. John the Baptist appeared preaching in the desert of Judea and saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It was of him that the prophet Isaiah had spoken when he said, A voice of one crying out in the desert, Prepare the way of the Lord, make straight his paths. John wore clothing made of camel's hair, and had a leather belt around his waist. His food was locusts and wild honey. At that time, Jerusalem, all Judea, and the whole region around the Jordan were going out to him, and were being baptized by him in the Jordan River as they acknowledged their sins. When he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to his baptism, he said to them, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? Produce good fruit as evidence of your repentance, and do not presume to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our father, for I tell you, God can raise up children to Abraham from these stones. Even now the axe lies at the root of the trees. Therefore, every tree that does not bear good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. I am baptizing you with water for repentance. But the one who is coming after me is mightier than I. I am not worthy to carry his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fan is in his hand. He will clear his threshing floor and gather his wheat into his barn but the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. The Gospel of the Lord. You know, all of the pieces that we have sung so far this morning have been chant. And all of them, except one, Gregorian chant. The responsorial psalm was modern. In the old days, we would have sung those without accompaniment. There wasn't any. Um, It seems to fit in a way. It's a rather pleasant experience. Uh, In any event, I I think it was providential that that everything we've sung up to now was chanted. It was meant to be sung without accompaniment. Although accompaniment is also very beautiful. Most of us here have at one time begun to do something or aspired to something, and then changed our minds and decided not to do it. We began something that might have been very good and then chose, for various reasons, to reject it. It might have been because we lacked the talent, because we lacked the interest, lacked the energy, lacked the courage, or there was something else that we wanted to do, or perhaps we just weren't prepared, we just weren't ready to do it, and had no intention of preparing ourselves in order to do it. But at some point in our lives, we have to say, I will do this, I choose to do it, and I will accomplish it, because I know that I must do it that I'm actually called to do it. 
that it's part of who I am. And more importantly, that God would wish me to do it. Here we have St. John the Baptist, an interesting man, strange man by our standards. If he were to walk in here today, we would think there was something wrong. He would be eccentric. We would probably give him a wide berth. We don't want him to get, get too close. He looks strange. He behaves strangely. He doesn't belong in our world. That'd be a very natural reaction, wouldn't it? The people of Israel hadn't had a prophet in 400 years. They were waiting for a prophet, desperately to announce the Messiah if the Messiah was going to come. The prophet had to come first. So they desperately want the Messiah. They want the prophet. So when John comes, they recognize him. This is the one. He even looks like Elijah. He's dressed like Elijah. Elijah was supposed to come before the Messiah. Either it's Elijah come back from the dead or someone else whom God has sent. So they go out. They believe. At last, someone has come. And also he has come from the desert. That's important. How long did St. John the Baptist spend in the desert? We don't know. Our Lord is about the age of 30. And John the Baptist is six months older than he is. Was he there five years? Six? Ten? The desert was essential for him. He had to go into the desert to prepare himself for what he was to do. He knew what he had to do, and he knew what he had to do to prepare for it. So he went into the desert. The desert's a strange place. It often does strange things to people. Some people can go mad in the desert. It's just too much, the isolation. But John knew why he was there. He was there to encounter God. Do you know, if you read the lives of the Desert Fathers, or the great saints who have spent long times, a long time in silence and in isolation, they somehow have the ability to read hearts. And sometimes they can even communicate with animals in some strange way. That's what it does to them, this isolation, this mysticism. They can have some strange communication with dumb animals. They even speak to them. Not that they, animals have intellects as we do, but they understand them. They communicate with one another. And they read human hearts, as I said. Strange, isn't it? That somebody who isn't around people at all can read the human hearts better than we can who are around one another all the time. But that's what happens when you're with God. You see things differently. You see people differently. And you read them better than we do. So there is John. He comes out as this strange man proclaiming the kingdom of God and proclaiming a baptism. And the people come to him as they acknowledge their sins. That's essential. The first call of John the Baptist, I asked our service of this at the last Mass, is repent. That's the first call. Everything begins with repentance and everything else follows from that. If you aren't going to repent, there's nothing more to be done. Repentance is the first call of the gospel. And once they've done that, then they can come to him and acknowledge their sins. Acknowledging their sins, that too is important. And so, you and I then have to do the same thing in a way because we're all called to proclaim the kingdom of God. Not the way he was. 
We have to go into the desert. I've said this many times. We have to go into isolation and silence and prayer to be with God, to let God transform us. As only God can. So they acknowledge their sins, and then they can experience the next step. This is all done for a purpose, though. They're doing this to prepare. They're not just doing penance for the sake of penance, or repenting for the sake of repenting. It's because of what's going to come, because of the one who is to come, which is why we are here, in a sense. We, we too, do the same thing because of the one who is about to come in his body and blood. In fact, We're accustomed to this, aren't we? At the beginning of Mass with the penitential rite. If someone were to walk into this church at the beginning of Mass, who'd never been to Mass at all and knew nothing about what we were doing and heard us chanting the Kyrie, Lord have mercy, they would probably think, oh, these people mean business. This is serious. They're calling upon God for mercy. We're so accustomed to doing it, we don't think about it very much. It is something we do at the beginning of Mass. That's important, that repentance before we come into the presence, before he comes to us. John is preparing them for what he is about to announce. But then come the Pharisees and the Sadducees. As I said, in the desert, John can read people, and he knows these people, and he points out the evil in them as soon as they appear. He confronts them with it. You brood of vipers. John meant business, too. John didn't mince words. When he saw evil, he would denounce it. And then he tells them, produce good fruit as evidence of your repentance. That's the fruit. The fruit is the evidence of our sorrow for sin. Either we respond to that or we don't. But don't just come for the baptism. Don't just come to go through the ritual. There has to be a change in you if you're going to do this. And don't say Abraham is our father. This has nothing to do with race or nationality. This has to do with repentance. And then he tells them what is to come and about someone else who is coming also. He said, I am baptizing you with water for repentance, but the one who is coming after me is mightier than I. I am not worthy to carry his sandals. John the Baptist knows who he is, too, and who he isn't. He's very honest about that. He's blunt. He knows that there is a greater one coming, and that's why he's here, to prepare for the greater one who is to come. And that's why he's preparing them for it also. And, for, and that they might be ready for his entrance. As I said, you and I are people who have to proclaim the, the kingdom of God. We do that again, first of all, by our repentance. And then uh, we do it as a result of our need, our need to do what we were created to do. The people came out to see John, not just because of the way he was dressed, but because they saw God in him. He had spent enough time with God, and as soon as he appeared, they could see it. They could experience it. Have you ever had that experience? Sometimes that happens. Well, like with Moses. When Moses came down from the mountain. When he came out of the meeting tent, his face shone. They could see from the shining of his face that he'd been with God. He'd been with God. Some of the saints have been that way also. Do you remember, I mentioned this once before, a man went to see um, a skeptic, actually an atheist, I think, went to see St. John Vianney in ours. And he, didn't, he, he was going to prove to himself that this man was a hoax, there was nothing to him, no one could really be that holy anyway. And he went, and he came back, 
a friend of his said, what did you see? He said, I saw God in a man. That's what they saw in John the Baptist. And that's what they should see in us, too. God in a man. God in, in who we are. And that's what changes the world. Then people come out. Is they, the whole region. It says Jerusalem, all Judea, and the whole region were coming to him because they recognized him. And he tells them why he's come. They will not accept the one who he has come to announce. But John the Baptist is going to do what he has to do. He may not see the end of this. He will not. He will die before our Lord actually completes his work. It doesn't matter. He knows what he has to do. And he will do it. And he will complete it, too. As God calls him to complete it. As we must complete our work. Whatever that might be. Whatever we've been given to do. uh, We must keep our eyes on it. And know where we are going. The kingdom of God is coming and is already here. We have repentance, and now we may go forward to accept the one who is to come. Let us pray. Almighty Father, we come before you as the people preparing for the coming of your Son and trusting in your love and mercy. For the church throughout the world, that her members will have the spirit of St. John the Baptist, proclaiming the kingdom of God, for the church suffering and the church in our own country, we pray to the Lord. Lord For our own nation, our nation will listen to the prophets of our time. Uh, They will be open to the coming of Jesus Christ and his church. For our elected officials, for conversion and for peace, we pray to the Lord. Lord For all those who are sick and suffering, that they may know that they proclaim the kingdom of God in their suffering. For those who are greatly tempted, for those who have lost the faith, They will listen to the prophets. We pray to the Lord. Lord, For greater respect for human life, and at this time especially the life of the innocent, we pray to the Lord. Lord, For an increase in vocations to priesthood and the consecrated life, and those young men and women who will have the zeal and the courage of St. John the Baptist. For a greater reverence for the prophetic nature of marriage and the single life, we pray to the Lord. Lord For our bishop, his successor, the administrator, whomever they may be, for the College of Consultors, for our priests, deacons, seminarians, and for the American hierarchy, they will first of all be people who have been refined in the desert in contemplation, and that they then may proclaim the kingdom. We pray to the Lord. For the souls of all the faithful departed, especially our relatives, friends, and benefactors, for all who have died in the battlefield, all victims of violence, terrorism, and natural disaster, especially those who have died recently in acts of violence, we pray to the Lord. Lord, Eternal rest grant unto them, O Lord. May they rest in peace. May their souls and the souls of all the faithful departed. And for all of us here, we will listen to the voice of the church, and we too then will be prophetic. We pray to the Lord.